and welcome to Women in the Business Arena. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Shuk Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Every week, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We reframe the lens on business so women just like you know how to achieve not just success, but fulfillment and freedom. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs, mothers, and multiple business owners how to conquer the business arena. And the thousands of women we have worked with have given us insights and wisdom to share with you. We get honest, vulnerable, and real about what we've seen and experienced. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. And if you want to get even more support, visit womeninthebusinessarena.com. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Shukguzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, my friend. How is it going on this lovely day for you? It's going great. And I'm in your neck of the woods, or at least on your side of the world. So that (laughs) feels really good, too. We're like only 3,000 miles apart or something. That's right. Yay. (laughs) Soon to be much, much closer as I'm headed to Austin. Yay. So excited about that. Me too. So cool. Well, today we thought we would um, bring up a topic that I find really fascinating. And I think in a world of sort of experts and expertise and thought leadership, which we talked about a few weeks ago, which was a great episode if you missed it. Um, I think we need to talk about, you know, it's time for us to get really honest and clear in the public space about what we know and what we don't know. I find that so many entrepreneurs try to pretend that they know everything and it leads to a lot of stability in both themselves, their business and for other people. And so I think, you know, we need to talk about how to get more clear and transparent and honest. Like there are things I'm an expert in. There's things I really do know and I'm really good at. And there are things that are not my domain. I'm not going to take a client on who wants them. I can't help them. And it's okay to admit that I'm not an expert in everything. What do you think, Laura? Yes. I'm looking forward to this conversation because it's something that I know I have fallen into the trap of over-functioning for um, clients trying to give them all the things when maybe it just wasn't my place, but that came from often a place of wanting to serve, right? Wanting to make sure that, that they were going to get all that information. And then over time, I realized like, oh, that's not sustainable um, to overfunction for everyone. That's not always in their best interest because I'm not the expert in all those things. And so I think this is a good um, topic to kind of just, yeah, unthread and look, because I can see myself in it and I definitely mm. see it happening around me and I see it causing exhaustion and also frustration on the client's part when they're not really getting what they need from you when you're trying to do all the things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a really good, the way you framed it as well, like over-functioning. We're over-functioning. And not only is that detrimental for us in our business, but it also makes us very unreliable. We can't be reliable if we're not even clear in ourselves at what we know and what we don't know, what we are actually actually expert in and what we're not expert in. And I, and I see this a lot. Sometimes I talk about it in terms of like a lot more people need to empty their cup. Like everyone, you know, thinks they're good at everything or thinks they're an expert at everything. And, and they are trying to sort of have that, you know, there's no 
entry point for them to learn anymore or to receive someone else's wisdom because they just know it all. And I can see this in a lot of people sometimes that I'm, are prospects of mine where they, you know, they, they believe they know everything or they're trying to put up that front that they know everything. And because of that, they're not very open to receive feedback or information that would actually help their business grow. Mm, Yeah. So that's the other kind of that side of, um, they're coming to you to actually grow their business as a business coach. And then they're not able to receive really the information because they think that they're already experts in it. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Is that where you're Yeah. And and the thing is, it's not just that they really do have expertise and they might have a different viewpoint than me because that's totally okay. But what I see is people who actually don't have skills in areas that are sort of like putting up a front that they have skills in areas because they think they should. Like I think this, and this is the, the core of what we're talking about today is that the world tries to make it seem that entrepreneurs and experts should be good at many things, at everything. And And so I think there is this kind of, um, I don't know, influence our persuasion that, you know, if we were to let down our guard and say we're weak or we're we're not good in some areas or, hey, that's just not an area I can even touch, that somehow that makes us bad, wrong or not worthy of investment. Yeah. Yeah. Several things are surfacing as you are talking. I'm thinking there's a lingering need to overcompensate for Mm -hmm. women, um, in business that we think, I think I'm just going to say, I think that I see this more often in female entrepreneurs, um, because at some point they were in the boardroom with, you know, possibly with all of the white men that were getting at the table and they, and often I like, I hear from my clients that they felt like they had to be all things. Like that was never a place that I inhabited as a, um, mental health professional, but I've heard their stories of like the C-suite world of like being surrounded um, by all these different experts, but then feeling that to prove their value to really show that they deserved to be there, they had to know all everything. Mm. Um, And I think that's just one piece. I feel like there's maybe a lingering sense of not being good enough, um, that women bring into business, trying to kind of show that there isn't any weakness, like you said, and that culturally we, um, receive that message that an entrepreneur is this, you know, scrappy startup, um, entrepreneur that does it all and doesn't ask for help and, um, stays up all night and, you know, does everything that has to get done. And that's just an, a really, unhealthy portrayal of Mm. one type of entrepreneur and startup and definitely, um, more of the hoodie wearing bro club startup tech world (laughs) (laughs) that many of us are not a part of because we have, um, yeah, more years under our belt. We Mm. actually have kids and families and all the different things that we have to juggle. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, it's about, you know, first sort of breaking down that, you know, being an expert in everything doesn't actually serve you or the world, right? I think that, you know, this is sort of what we have to look at because it really is like this unconscious thing that so many of us have. And I've been there as well. I know exactly like, I mean, years ago, I felt like, oh, I couldn't just say this was my specialization because then 
you know, I would lose clients or then there was someone I could work with, but then I wouldn't work with them. And that would, you know, I wouldn't make any money. And, you know, these are all the fears that I see entrepreneurs go with. If I, you know, I could do that, even though it's not fully my expertise, I've got some skills in that and I don't want to lose money and I don't want to lose clients, but you don't realize the long-term effect of that, which is that you mediocrely serve your clients and your reputation is challenged. Your reputation is hurt long-term. And so, you know, how many years did I spend kind of helping people in areas that weren't really my genius, that weren't fully my expertise? And yes, did they make some gains? Maybe, yes, probably, definitely. But they didn't get the long-term impact that I have with my clients now. And I think that is the key that we really have to look at. Again, we're looking at the long-term view and the long game, not the short game and the quick wins. And, and it's really important as we move forward that we're trustworthy and credible and in our own integrity. And that means we have to be clear in ourselves of what we know and what we don't know and be willing and open to admit it. Yes. So I think there is a direct link then to our confidence and mm-hmm. our owning what we really do know, because we know that over-functioning is either coming from a pattern that um, doesn't serve us. And it's something that's kind of lingering, or it's like, we're trying to compensate and feel like we have to be more, better, faster. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's that um, just not really standing solidly in that expertise that you have, you might be questioning whether or not that's your realm. Um, and so then you start letting these other things become part of your expertise. That's why I think it, it's almost like it gets, it's getting distilled. It's getting like broken or no, it's, it's getting diffused. It's like, mm. it's getting broken down because you're not holding the integrity of what it is that, you know, and yeah. personally, I can just speak from the the times that I've noticed myself doing that, like all of a sudden speaking on something, I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why am I actually trying, why am I trying to address this? This is like not my thing. I'm not interested in, you know, this being my expertise, but I might be trying to bring it in because I'm trying to show the client that I do know that I'm, what I'm talking about. I'm trying to be credible. Um, And that's just coming from an insecurity. So the mindfulness piece of that is if I observe myself, diffusing my expertise, it's time to check in and ask myself, why are you not trusting in the integrity of what it is that you're here to do? Why are you not trusting in your own gift? Because you're trying to pull all these other things in and that's not yours. Yeah. Look, that's so good. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, we do have to always start from the inside out. I mean, this is definitely what we talk about pretty much every episode. You know, it really does start internally. So, I mean, the first thing we have to do is know ourselves, right? We have to, we do have to get honest within ourselves before it even matters if we're transparent or honest outside of us, we have to get honest with ourselves. You know, what are we really good at? What is our expertise? What do we know, like the back of our hand? What don't we know? And I do think that a lot of women lack confidence in what they know because they come to me, as an example, many of my clients, and they're like, I'm not sure what my expertise is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have so much, you know, so (laughs) many skills, so much education. And this is the thing with women, like oftentimes we way over educate ourselves or we way over practice our skills before we feel like we're even ready 
ready to serve people. And I think that, you know, that's, that is part of it is that, you know, you can be on either end. You can be on the ego end where you're like, I know way more than I actually know. Or you can be on the other side, which is also actually an ego end, which is like, I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, we're really looking at sort of all sides of that spectrum, because if you aren't also admitting what you do know, then that is also a part of the problem. And it's an, it's an identity or an ego thing. Maybe it's that we, you know, by diminishing ourselves, we've survived, or maybe it's by, you know, sort of staying under the radar and not having ego, we could function better in our family, or we could stay hidden, or we, you know, these are all these patterns that we've developed oftentimes for safety and security. And same with the other side of the ego. Oftentimes we overcompensate or we, you know, over uh, like you know, grandize what we actually can do because it was also a safety mechanism so that we wouldn't be judged, so that we wouldn't be ridiculed, so that we wouldn't be hurt. You know, all of these things are based on insecurity on either side. Oh, I love that because it's easy to kind of just look at one side of that. Um, but like you said, they're both results of an insecure ego and trying to hold on to some type of pattern or identity that served us at some point in our life. And what you're experiencing by in you and I both being in a role of either I'm either acting as their psychotherapist, um, consultant on their, their path as an entrepreneur, or you're working as that business coach, um, mindset coach around their business, right? So we're seeing that sometimes when we bring this attention to our clients, they can feel a little bit defensive, right? Because this, mm. this is a pattern that people have gotten really attached to. Um, and they feel like that's at least my experience is that, you know, I might say, wow, it seems like you're kind of overextended and you're um, trying to be all things and, and be the expert. Maybe it's like, let's pull that back and look at really what's your genius. Sometimes there's relief in that. Like, oh, you're so right. My energy is going out in all sorts of directions and I don't want to do that anymore. And then sometimes, you know, that's a real threat to an identity of like, well, what do you mean? Like, I, th this is, I do know all this, you know, it's like, and I have to know all this and my clients are only going to trust me if I knew all this. Yeah. And so I think there's, um, definitely a lot to be said with having someone trusted that you can talk to about these things. And, um, it, it, because what the point of this is that we started to offer you and you reflected that it's an inside job and that so much of us, um, our episodes are about that. And so then I want to also just say, and, um, we get that this inside work is super hard and that's yeah. why when people might bring it to your attention, they're not criticizing your attempt to be the expert at all things. They're really just help, trying to help you most likely see that there's a more energetically aligned way of doing things, a more sustainable mm -hmm. way of doing things. And honestly, it is easier because often our genius work is the stuff that we do almost effortlessly. And that's why we hardly ever value it because it was like the gift we just were born with <laughs> sometimes, you know? Yeah. So true. And I, and I think that, you know, what we know and what we don't know and what's our genius and what's not our genius, like that is that in and of itself is probably another podcast because <laughs> like that's yes. a, that's a whole thing. Right. And I work for long periods of time with people to try to really hone what that is. I mean, there's things that we're 
good at, like we've skilled ourselves to be good at, that's still not our genius, still not effortless, right? And then there's things that like we're amazing at that are absolutely our genius. And, you know, so so there's there's no really black and white line. Like there is some gray areas in terms of expertise. Like I do know these things and yet it still might not be my genius. But I think what we're talking about here is first getting a little bit more honest with ourselves. You know, what do I really feel like I know? And and sometimes um, I think someone has one experience as an example. So maybe they had, uh, you know, an experience with losing weight and then they think, oh, I'll just work with people who want to lose weight because I'm an expert in that. But their own one experience may not be enough of a breadth and depth of experience to be able to be working with people on the same issue. You know, if they've also then got other degrees or other education or other experiences in working with weight loss, well, then it might be their expertise. So I think some of it is just us learning to discern in ourselves what we feel really comfortable with. And like we said, on the other side of that, it's really starting to work at owning what we do know, because we, we do have so much wisdom and we do have so much internal understanding and we do have so many learnings in our lives. But I think it's, you know, it's owning more of what we actually do know and letting go of those things that we don't know. Yes, absolutely. And I was thinking about this from a practical place of how um, you may like you said, acquire knowledge and skills in many different areas. But then when you're working with a client, it needs to be clear to them, like, but what's your angle? Like, what's your expertise? Like, what are you really honing in on? Um, And then are you a resource um, for those other things that are kind of parallel? So what I'm thinking about is in the world of um, coaching and psychotherapy, they're like, my clients will come talk to me about all the different things that are happening with them and their emotional and um, physical self-regulation and all the anxiety and the depression. So I really focus on what's the psychology behind that. What, what have mm-hmm. I learned about awareness and shifting patterns, mindfulness and, and somatic awareness of the psychology, right? But I'm going to talk about their nutrition. Like I'm going to ask them about what they're eating. I'm going to ask them about their sleep patterns. I'm going to ask them about um, if they're doing meditation, if they're doing yoga. But an example of me trying to be the expert on all those things would, it would be then if I'm like, okay, we're, we're deep diving into the psychology and then we're going to stop for a minute and I'm going to actually coach you and educate you on nutrition instead of referring you to a nutritionist. And then we're going to stop and I'm going to teach you three, you know, all about like, I'm going to give you a whole sequence of yoga poses and meditation that you're going to do right now. instead of sending you to a a yoga teacher that I love, that I know that does great work. Um, (laughs) Right. So you're getting my point here. It's like, I know that my expertise has to do with the somatics and the psychology of that person's experience. I'm still educated and knowledgeable about all those other things that impact their emotional self, but I don't have to be their expert in each one of those and develop a treatment plan for each one of those things. I just get to connect them with additional resources and educate them about why those things are going to be important and why they're complementary to our work together. I just felt like I needed to illustrate that's how I think of my expertise and how I try not to go into other realms so that I'm over functioning. 
Yes. Like, I love that. And I, same here, you know, like I work with mindset and I have a lot of psychology understanding and I have a lot of somatic awareness and I have a lot of, you know, things I've done in personal development. But I also know that my expertise is in working on the conscious side of that. And when the unconscious becomes, you know, a block in the work that I'm doing with people, I send them to a therapist. I send them to a somatic psychotherapist like you, Laura. I send mm-hmm. them to somebody who can work in that realm, who's an expert in that realm of the subconscious on a much deeper level than I could ever go. And for me trying to tackle that, you know, that would be not only uh, bad for me in terms of like, I'm not going to really feel confident in working with that. I could actually damage the person I'm working with. I could re-traumatize them. I could, you know, be trying to work in a realm. And I see this a lot with trauma actually, because I think the lines are really blurred these days in terms of coaches and practitioners. And, you know, there's, there's really like so much blurriness in what someone mm-hmm. does. So there's all these mindset coaches out there who are trying to work with trauma without any expertise in trauma. And they're re-traumatizing people, sometimes even publicly, I've seen it. And so, you know, they're actually damaging the person they're working for are even things like, I mean, I, I'm even in saying this, I might get some, some lashback, but I'm not a fan of Tony Robbins. And uh-huh. partly because of the way that he um, works and the way that his techniques work, I think they can re-traumatize people who have trauma in their past. I think he's doing things in a very quick fashion. It's not like really with any history or backing or understanding. I mean, even every client I take on, I ask them for their history. I ask them whether they're seeing a therapist, whether they've had any trauma, whether they're on any kind of drugs of any kind, so that I'm aware of what their history is when I start to work with them. And I think, you know, we have to be more careful about where those lines are. I mean, you know, when we're talking about trauma, that's, that's that extreme line. If we're, if we don't have experience in trauma, we shouldn't be working with it. But I think, you know, in other cases, maybe it's like, for instance, it took me a long time. I've worked with lots of businesses over the years, but my specialty is service businesses. And it took me years to be like, I don't know product businesses. I shouldn't touch product businesses. I can work with like a surface side of a product business, but I'm not a specialist or expert in product businesses. They require, you know, more quantity. They they have smaller margins, harder to make profitable. Like there's all these pieces in a product business. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And there's all these pieces that like are not really my expertise. So it's like I I would help people on sort of that surface level or in their mindset, but it's like I could didn't provide the complete package. And so, you know, now if I find a product business, I just say, Hey, I can't help you. It's not my lane at all, but here's who I refer. Here's the best coach I know in this industry. Yes. And this is another piece, a practical piece of owning your expertise, knowing what you know and what you don't know, build a team of people that you do know can offer those those pieces of information that you're not going to go down that road. You know, it's like, I love that. And that's one of the things I love about um, the intentionality of the co-working space that, you know, when you and I launched Soma Vita, even in 2008, right, we started off with like, okay, we have the nutritionist, we have the naturopathic Mm. doctor, we have the massage therapist. Like that was really kind of new back then. Um, Now people are doing that type of officing um, with diverse skill sets a lot more. That's what co-working is all about, like bringing in diverse people all to support one another. But 
think about that. Like who is in your network? Um, who are the people that you would need? Maybe that exercise is like, what are the things I keep finding myself trying to talk on or speak to that are, that are pain, pain points or struggle, um, struggles with my clients that I really start to feel that I'm going out of my lane. Like yeah. what are those? And then who are the people I know that can really dive deeply into those topics? I think that's a good practical thing for once you figure out what you know and what you don't know, this will be easier because then you'll recognize like, oops, here I am speaking on this topic. that's not mine to address. And I do appreciate you um, bringing up the trauma piece because I have seen that. And I've been a little bit concerned because I have spent 20 years, you know, researching, um, practically sitting with people so that I'm experiencing what it's like to be with the traumatized nervous system, how to do containment, um, so much experience. And I still am learning every day more about the miracle of the body and all of the different aspects, right? There's just so much to unfold, but I have that container. I know how to sit with someone to help them actually not go into a state that's going to damage the psyche or the body even more. And that's taken me like 20 years. So when you go and you take a workshop (laughs) for like three days, it's going to educate you about like why trauma is significant and why it impacts people and little things for people to be mindful about, but to really work with the human body and the nervous system. I mean, just like a massage therapist doesn't just take a weekend workshop. You learn the anatomy of the body for years and you develop that skill set. So yeah, I think it's being honoring that we have different, um, lineages of teaching and experiences and pathways and letting all those experts help you. Um, when you notice that there's something your client needs that you just aren't equipped to, to provide. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, two things I want to say as well, like one is, it, it really provides you with so much more confidence and free attention and space when you're able just to say no. Like when I can look at someone and say, yep, you've got a business I don't help and I don't want to help you, but I can totally direct you this, to this person or this place. Like it's such a relief, you know, <laughs> like I think yes. about the years I kind of was like, well, I could kind of help you. It's like, it's, it's so much more stress to overstretch. And it's so great when you're really clear. And then I was going to say, one of the ways to start this process, and this is what I do with my clients, is I start them with looking at like even a piece of paper that has some lines in it. And I say, you know, this is what's in your lane. And these are all the things outside your lane. And we just have a little bit of a chat about what do you really know? What do you feel hundred percent confident in? What are you clear that you want in your lane? And then what are all the things that, you know, you've done or you can do, but they're really outside your lane. And we start with sort of like an initial assessment of what's in their lane and what's out of their lane. And then I have them build on it over time because what they realize is as they're practicing their business, as they're talking to people, as they're working with their target market, they realize more and more over time, you know what, actually, this isn't actually in my lane. And I've been trying to do it for so long and it doesn't feel good and it feels hard. And so I'm going to let it go. And you can see this in a lot of times with service businesses because people are trying to do everything. Like I see this with the marketers and the graphic designers and the, you know, the, the different people I work with in that field, especially because they're like trying to design websites. They're trying to be copywriters. They're trying to like do Instagram posts and they're trying to do, it's like they're trying to do all this output for all these things. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you, what's your genius? What do you love right. doing? And right. they might be, well, I I love strategy. 
And I'm like, well, why are you doing all this implementation when you <laughs> could just be doing strategy? Like, that'd be so much easier. And they're like, uh, I didn't think I could do that. So, you know, there's, there's these things that we block ourselves from because we think that the world needs this, or we filled a gap, or we fallen into some lane. Like a lot of times that happens as well. We're, pro- we're pulled into a lane or we yes. fall into a lane because um, it's easy because we have an opportunity. But it's so much better to very clearly design and discern here is my lane and here is not my lane. And then the key is once we're confident and clear about that, it's communicating it. And that's a, another obstacle. You know, like we have the first obstacle of owning our lane and the second obstacle of being able to publicly declare it. Because I think a lot of people feel embarrassed to say something like, hey, that's not my lane or hey, that's not my expertise. Because the world, you know, as we said, has has clearly told us that we should be good at it everything. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have to push back on that one. Um, so we'll do that all together collectively. So I think from that, my takeaways from what you just said is that just because we can, doesn't mean we should. And just because there's a gap doesn't mean we're the one to fill it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I think, you know, and gosh, it's, it's just so funny because having been in business for, you know, 20 years and in the business world and, you know, as a coach and as a creative director, when I have my ad agency, like being in that world for a long time, it is amazing to see how much sort of marketing philosophies have been embedded in our culture so that we just sort of automatically do them, you know? So yeah, like things like filling a gap. That was, that's such a marketing concept, right? You look for a gap in the world and you fill it. That was what I was taught in college, even in university. You look for a gap, you fill it. You, the blue ocean, right? That's another sort of concept in that area. You look for the blue ocean, red ocean, everyone's in. You look for a blue ocean, so find <laughs> a gap. But then there, no one's really talking about, well, what if that gap isn't aligned with who we are or what we're actually here to do? Yes. <laughs> And when you just outgrow certain aspects, which is something you've hinted to, to, you know, it's just like you Mm. outgrow certain aspects and you're still doing it. A really great example um, of of what I'm doing this year is making that line between myself as the co-working founder, owner, operator. And now I'm becoming a co-working consultant because Mm. guess what? I don't really want to be a landlord anymore. I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to actually do the operations. I'm great at it. I can, I've learned all the ins and outs and I can, you know, operate 24 seven in these space, but that's no longer mine to do because I've learned that. And I have now the desire to teach it. So there's certain things that you also find yourself doing that you're then, this is kind of leading me into another thought about like, the learning and the expertise. Um, so you learn everything and then you don't necessarily teach everything. You just teach the pieces that are your genius to teach because I'm not going to focus on, even in my consulting, I have tons of co-working consultants. I know that can do much better job than I can on your poor forma and your for financial forecasting and your HR training and development. But I really focus on how do you develop a wellness culture? How do you do the community development? How do you create mm-hmm. connection and care and de- de- you know think about the neurobiology um, behind what you're doing? Like that's the wellness piece that I bring to the table. So I'm not going to be the expert on all things co-working, even though I know them all. Yes. I'm actually only going to focus on the thing that's my passion, what I really want to do. And that's like what you said. Some people we're doing too many things that we're just because we're good at it. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, I think what you also bring up is a really good point because we evolve. So, you know, what we, what even might've been our expertise 10 years ago or five years ago, sometimes we start to be very exhausted by that. And, and sometimes that takes discernment because sometimes we're exhausted because of our structures or because we don't have good systems or, you know, there can be exhaustion in that way, or we're taking on the wrong clients, but sometimes we're exhausted because that thing that we were really good at, that thing that was our expertise, it's no longer aligned and resonating. And we evolved, you know, that happened a lot. Like I was a copywriter for years and I was a really damn good copywriter. And you know, I would write copy for everyone, you know, whether it was marketing brochures or websites or blah, 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 all of the things you write copy for. And it was definitely my expertise. But then over time, I grew to hate it. Like I started to feel exhausted by it and, you know, not enjoy it anymore. And I realized that I was actually evolving to more of the core of what I did with the copywriting, which was strategy and helping my clients figure out what their voice is and helping them express themselves. And so that really led very well into my coaching because, you know, those are some of the things that I do in my coaching. So I think we get to a point where we've really evolved past some of our expertise. And, and so we refine it even more. Uh, we move things out of our lane. I think rarely, and, and this is, I think, a, a different concept than what the world has. I think it's better if you're moving more and more out of your lane than moving more and more into your lane. And I think what most people do in the world now is move more and more in stuff into their lane because they become an expert all of a sudden. Uh, you know, business entrepreneurs do this a lot because all of a sudden they're an expert in Instagram because they've done Instagram for years or, you know, for their own business. And so now they think they're an expert in Instagram and they put that in their lane or, you know, they they've, um, I mean, gosh, the things I've done as an entrepreneur, like literally everything I've worn, every single hat, I could bring all of that into my lane. But I think what is, what is actually will lend you to be more successful, more reliable, more confident in yourself is actually moving everything out of your lane until you're just focused on your genius. Yes. That's such a good point. Be clear about what's in your lane. Don't let everything just cross into it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, I love that. And I guess, you know, like we've talked about some different pieces, but, you know, I just want to sort of wrap up and just remind everybody that, you know, what this is about is just getting really clear and grounded and honest and who you are and where your value is and knowing that no one has value in everything. Not a single person is a genius in everything. So being more clear about that is actually really, really good for you. And I think the other piece that we've mentioned, but I just want to highlight is what that does is it makes you reliable it makes you, you know, people know they can trust you because you're admitting only what you actually do and you're letting go of everything you don't do. And what that does is it allows more and more people to trust you. It builds your reputation over time. It solidifies your integrity. And that is the kind of thing that we want to do to build a sustainable business. Oh, I just have to second that. That consistency and that reliability is huge value. And yes, the world puts a bit too much on the vastness of knowing it all, but it's really knowing your thing, being clear what you know, and being there time and time again with that message. And that builds the trust. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love it. I think we'll wrap it up there today. Thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. 
Thanks so much for listening to the show. Add to the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease. We need more women in power and with the resources to change the world. If you are enjoying the show and want to support our mission, please help us spread the word. You can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, see you next week.